Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Thanks for joining us here on this podcast for the purpose of listening at least to the introduction of a five-hour series on CD entitled Joel's Journey on the Day of the Lord. I want you to understand the day of the Lord is a special time in history. Any time in history, in fact, when God intercedes in the affairs of men personally on the earth. It has a general usage, that's a thousand and seven years long, and a specific usage, that's the day that Jesus Christ comes back to the Mount of Olives in the city of Jerusalem. Well, I'm going to tell you about that, and in fact, if you can take a moment and listen to the introduction of the five-hour audio series, Joel's Journey on the day of the Lord, you'll understand better what I'm talking about. So if you will, take a few moments. Let's listen now to Joel's day of the Lord, an introduction to Joel's journey on the day of the Lord. And so chapter two, look at chapter two. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in your mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by the letter as from us. Hey, even if you think you got a letter from me, don't you believe it? As that the day of the Lord, it says day of Christ, but it's referring to the same time period as the day of the Lord is at hand. It's not. Let no man deceive you, verse 3, by any means, for, and notice my King James Bible has, that day shall not come italicized. Now that means that's interpolation, not interpretation. Uh, The translators interpolate that that's probably what was meant there. Okay, I'll go with that. For that day, it's referring to the day of the Lord, that probably definitely is in the context, shall not come except there come a falling away first and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And it goes ahead to explain something. And we've been hung up, so many of us, on this particular verse. Let me tell you what the verse means. Listen to me. The word used there, falling away, is apostasia. It is is used twice in the Bible. And its Greek classic interpretation is as follows. To depart from one place and go to another. It does not mean apostasy, falling away from the doctrine. Every single time it's used, it's meaning restarting in one place, departing from here, and going to another place. Well, when does that happen? That happens at the rapture of the church, leaving one place and going to another. And the day of the Lord shall not come about until two things happen. What? The rapture of the church takes place. Departing from one place, going to another. And the second thing, the appearance of Antichrist. That marks the beginning of the day of the Lord. The rapture of the church is not included in the day of the Lord. Now, if you don't want to accept what I've just said, just go down a little bit farther. I know I'm getting kind of deep in here, but go down a little bit farther with me. Look at uh, verse Seven, for the mystery of iniquity, in other words, the 
apostasy, which was already in effect. That's what it says. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. I mean, apostasy is from the very outset of the establishment of the church. And now Paul is writing the people of Thessalonica. This is happening. Thessaloniki. He said, the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let. In other words, that's the old King James. He who now hindereth will hinder. What? Until he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked one be revealed. See, you read the whole chapter. Not just one little phrase. Everybody goes to one spot and stops and says, well, see. No. The rapture of the church takes place. The Antichrist comes on the scene. He redefines that when he gets to chapter 2, verse 7. He says, until he that hindereth. Who is he that hindereth? That's the body of Christ with the Holy Spirit empowering us to hinder evil in this world. And when we're taken out, then the Antichrist comes on the scene. Then the day of the Lord is in effect. So the day of the Lord does not contain the rapture of the church. The day of the Lord does not contain or include the great white throne judgment. Go to Revelation chapter 20 just for a second. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. What was my definition of the day of the Lord? Any time in history when God intercedes in the affairs of man personally on the earth. Chapter 20, Revelation, verse 11. Let me read it to you. And I saw a great white throne in him that sat on it, who from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no more place for them. The earth and the heavens fled away at the great white throne judgment. Listen, dear friend, the earth and the heavens fled away. The great white throne is not on the earth. It is in outer space someplace. To be exact, I don't know. But it's certainly not on this earth. So it is not God interceding in the affairs of man personally on the earth because the earth will have fled away. So now we have defined the day of the Lord. Doesn't include the rapture, but sometime after the rapture when the Antichrist comes on the scene during that seven year period of time, during the return of Jesus Christ, during the thousand year millennial kingdom, and before the great white throne judgment, it is completed. It's a thousand and seven years long, the day of the Lord. Now that's not talking about a 24 hour day. Of course you know that. It's talking about like, this is the day of telecommunications. So that's not a 24-hour time period. It's talking about a period of time, the day of the Lord. He definitely defines it. That's the prophetic doctrine of the day of the Lord. Go back to Joel quickly. Now, I want to think about the, the prophet's description of the day of the Lord. He's going to define it for us here. He says in chapter 1, verse 15, Alas, for the day, the day of the Lord is at hand, and as a destruction from the Almighty, from El Shaddai, from Jesus Christ himself. What is it going to be like? It's going to be an invading army. Just similar to the invading army of locusts who took his land. Starting from that local experience, that local situation, and looking into the future. Look what he says. You can read all the text later, but let me just show you some of the mountain peaks. Look at verse 1 of chapter 2. Blow ye a trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. Blow a trumpet in Zion. Remember what God made Ezekiel? A watchman. In chapter 33, he re-establishes Ezekiel as a watchman. What is he saying in Ezekiel 33? He says, take the trumpet. A watchman stands on the ramparts of the wall. 
trumpet in hand, watching for the attacking enemy. And when the attacking enemy comes, he blows the trumpet in Zion. They're coming. That's what he's saying. The invading army is coming. Blow the trumpet in Zion. They're coming in. It's going to be an army like you've never seen before. Look at this, verse 2. A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and of thick darkness. Now, that is absolutely appropriate in Jewish terms. Now, how does a Jewish day start? Night followed by day. Where do they get that from? They get that from Genesis chapter 1. And the evening and the day were the first day. Or the evening and the morning were the first day. Every Jewish day starts at sundown. On Friday, Saturday, the Sabbath starts at sundown on Friday and goes to sundown on Saturday. And so the first day of the week, notice this when you're trying to figure out when the resurrection took place, the first day of the week actually starts at sundown on Saturday. That's when Sunday starts. And that's what he's saying now about the day of the Lord. It's going to start in darkness. The day will come. The brightness of the day will come. But it's going to start in darkness, in gloominess, in cloudy skies. Now notice this. And the morning spread upon the mountains, verse 2, a great people and a strong people. There hath not been ever the light, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. An army of people coming that has never invaded Israel. And will never invade him again like that. Uh, an army that I cannot hardly describe. I'm going to show you that in just a few moments. I'm going, to, I'm going to get specific here in just a moment. Starting in verse 4 and going, The appearance of them is as the appearance of horses as horsemen. So shall they run like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains. Shall they leap like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble as a strong people in the battle array. That's how an army comes in. Like a fire, like the chariots on the mountains, like horses running to battle. Roll the trumpet, they're coming. They're coming. It's going to be an unbelievable, destructive army that is coming, and it's described here. We go all the way down through verse 10, read it later. It is describing this invading army, this destructive army that's going to come in. But notice the dynamic, almighty who is going to intercede. Verse 11. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word, for the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can abide it? Look at verse 15. Blow the trumpet in Zion, not to warn them now, but do something else. Blow the trumpet in Zion, verse 15. Sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation. Assemble the elders, gather the children and those that suck at the breast. Let the bridegroom go forth out of his chamber and the bride out of her closet. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, spare thy people, O Lord. It's going to be awesome. You've been listening to the introduction of a five-hour CD audio series entitled Joel's Journey on the Day of the Lord. The Day of the Lord, a special word or phrase that is used in the entire Bible some 72 times, referring to the day that Jesus Christ will step back on earth there in Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives. We'll talk about God's jealousy for his land, Joel's day of refreshing, prepare for war, not peace, and God's holy mountain 
in Holy Jerusalem. Those are the aspects, the five different studies here on Joel's Journey on the Day of the Lord, a five-hour CD audio series available for you to get a copy of so you can study this very important prophetic book from the Old Testament. You can call our toll-free number. It's 8-PROPHECY-8, 877-674-3298, toll-free from across America. Or you can go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, and find out how you can get your own copy of Joel's Journey on the Day of the Lord. Thank you so very much for joining us. And remember, Jesus Christ could come at any moment with the rapture, shouting to call us up to be with him. It could happen before I even complete this sentence. With that said, what else is there for me to say except let's keep looking up until...